Maurizio Longo and this is yet another episode of my podcast on Tai Chi and Qigong. I am an Italian teacher and uh, I'll do my best uh, to use uh, a proper English but this is the level of the English uh, that uh, I can use uh, as you heard from uh, the previous episodes. So, so far we discussed about uh, the philosophical basis of the Chinese energetic disciplines. We introduced the concept of Qigong, which is a modern term encompassing a wide range of practices. And uh, we also went through a brief history of the Tai Chi Chuan, which is, uh, which is, uh, which is yet uh, a modern term and uh, as a modern history, mainly uh, encompassing the developments went through the 19th and 20th century. So, what I want to discuss now is uh, more broadly, what is Tai Chi Chuan today? Because, as we saw from the previous episodes, Tai Chi Chuan is, of course, both uh, a traditional Chinese martial art, so it is what we will call Kung Fu. So, there is no meaning and historic basis to use Kung Fu on one side and Tai Chi Chuan as a martial art on the other side. Uh, the term Kung Fu is yet uh, a modern term. Um, Chinese, in the Chinese history, they refer to their martial art in different ways. Sometimes, basically, with the term wushu, which means exactly martial art. And uh, in the 20th century, uh, they use uh, the term guoshu, national art. So, even the the identification with the term Kung Fu, which with something traditional, and Wushu with something modern, uh, referring to the martial application uh, uh, developed by the Chinese Communist Party in China in the 20th century, is uh, fake uh, without any historic basis. Uh, so, Taiji Chuan at the beginning is a martial art as all other martial arts we have in, uh, in our mind, like karate, like the, the Kung Fu, uh, as we said before, being Taiji Chuan uh, one of the many styles of Kung Fu, if you want to use these modern terms. In the same time, many people that approach Taiji Chuan today they do not seek martial skills at the top of the research. So, I think there are many points that I have already made clear in the previous episodes, but I want to make clear even more in this episode uh, directly related with what is Tai Chi Chuan today. So, first, from the beginning of the history of the Chinese martial arts, even before 
the creation of the Shaolin Temple, even before the Tang Dynasty, even before we had a connection between the cultivating practices like Buddhist practices and the practice of the martial arts, there was a connection between the personal cultivation and the practice of martial art. So, martial art never lost his link to the need to use violence as of course we have today they had the same many centuries ago so martial art had to be effective but on the other side the practice of martial art would also be regarded as a way to cultivate the character of the person. So, from the beginning of the history, from the time of Confucius, from the 5th century before Christ, there have always been a, the difference between the direct Wu side, martial side of the practice, and the Wen side, the cultural, the cultivating side of the practice. Always always. So, returning to Taiji Chuan, as I said in the previous episode, the people who were practicing these arts regarded themselves as martial artists, they would have the need to be strong physically and technically in order to physically prevail on other people and to demonstrate to their students uh, that very often were already ex experienced martial artists that they would control them physically. So this was uh, a strong need but on the same time they knew that many of the sides of their practice could be seen as a personal cultivation practice. Now with the end of the ancient uh, dynasty system and at the end of the system where the fire weapons were not prevailing in the, in the Chinese uh, war system, basically with the 20th century, of course, to use all of that strength, all of that energies, all of that time in order to have something that was not so much directly usable in the everyday world became a problem for these people. We, know, we also know that one of these big masters, uh, as I said before in the previous episode, Yang, uh, Yang Shaohou, even suicide himself because uh, his art was something not useful in that uh, historical period. Today he will be probably a rich man, but 100 years ago they just said, well, what, what can this old man do? Only using saber and sword while we have uh, all other necessities right now. So, naturally, the modern society of the modern China, the modern urban China, when uh, developing even more the use 
of the Taiji Chuan as a self-cultivating path, even if in the inner circles, circles the practitioners will always keep a very strong martial side of the art. So, on this point, you will hear a thesis that says the real Taiji Chuan is the martial Taiji Chuan. If you are not able to use Taiji Chuan as a martial art, you are not able to practice Taiji Chuan at all. Now, I totally disagree with this vision, meaning that you get good at what you look for and you of course have to develop different qualities according to which direction you want to go. So, if we speak about general personal cultivation according to the more, more broad Asian and Chinese cultivating system, basically the Taoist and the Buddhist systems, Taiji Chuan can be a very interesting tool and you don't need to use Taiji Chuan in a martial way which means that in front of the end, in front of the cultivating end, for example, if you are a man or if you are a woman and if you are young or if you are old, it's all the same because uh, the cultivation path is linked at one of his uh, first levels on how you can perceive and work on your energetic system. While, if you want to be a martial artist and being able to physically prevail on other people, namely other martial artists, if you are young or if you are old and if you are strong physically or if you are not, if you are seven feet tall or if you are four feet tall, if you are a man or if you are a woman, all of these matters matters a lot because as the old Chinese uh, used to say in martial artists in martial arts first the strength you have to be strong you have to be physically able to control another human being second the courage you must be willing to use violence meaning this is the courage it's not that you are not afraid the courage means uh, you must have the willingness to use a sword on another human body. And third, when you already have this, the technique. So, in my point of view, let's say, especially if you are not a, prof a professional Taiji practitioner, but even if you are a professional Taiji practitioner, let's say I have one hour of time. Do I use this one hour of time to control my energetic system or do I use this one hour of time in order to be able to use properly a sword and to make my body strong with the techniques that even in the traditional Taiji Chuan made my body strong. These are two very different paths 
if you have many time in your life you can also go through both of them many people do that i in my personal experience i try to uh, i am like 20 percent martial art and 80 percent cultivation basically but we must to be clear that uh, the two things are not directly correlated and from a certain level on they cannot even go together now of course Taijiquan is a very useful tool for energetic and physical practices but after a while he is linked directly to his martial art heritage meaning that historically his curriculum went uh, developing uh, even more on uh, martial sides so if you really want to go through the traditional martial arts system after a while you will have to exercise your body and you will have to uh, make some pra some martial practices to make you an example of what I mean uh, and also to make an example of how many today Taiji Chuan practitioners on my view fail themselves not uh, seeing what is in plain sight on the rise is uh, let's say let's say somebody come to me tell, telling me that he wants to be trained in martial arts one of the first thing that I will have them to do in a class is to have them slap each other's face or push one and the other very far away because one of the things that you have to learn in martial art is not to learn how you react when somebody hits you when somebody pushes you especially to learn not to be triggered in one of the three levels of uh, fly fight or freeze this is something that may happen when you get hit now if you are if you have if you are born in a violent neighborhood and uh, you know in your experience and I'm sorry for you is this has been your life experience but you know what uh, uh, getting punched and, ga and giving a punch to uh, somebody else you may already have uh, this experience but uh, some people they uh, want to learn martial art and but they don't want to go through uh, many real fights in order to uh, have those skills so I will need them to go to, through this kind of process uh, now between you and me I will never do something like that I don't want to waste my time with uh, such practices uh, especially because I have many other interesting things to do and to share from the Chinese energetic, energetic practices but on the other side there are many people that they practice the Tai Chi as an energetic tool as a softening mean in order to get their body soft and uh, uh, they think that one day through through those the through that practice they will be able to defend themselves that is not true that will never happen the see that would be the uh, the 
a very fast way in order to get punched in the face. I mean, uh, the, the, there, are, there are in the modern times uh, many box or mixed martial arts uh, uh, gyms. Uh, if somebody wants to learn how to fight, why don't they go in uh, uh, in environment uh, like that? I mean, uh, if you enter in a Taiji Chuan gym, uh, I think that you correctly are looking for something else. Also because there is another aspect that have to be analyzed, which is that a modern street fight and the traditional martial art are two completely different issues. But I want to discuss more about this in a future episode about uh, about Taiji Chuan and martial art. So, what I want to underline in this episode is to make very clear to people that uh, there are two different ways, and there have always been two different ways of practice Taiji Chuan, the, the Wu way and the Wen cultivating path way. And uh, when people want to go through uh, the Wu, the Wu, the martial side of Taiji Chuan, they would also go through practices that are very common in other Kung Fu uh, styles. While when they go to the Wen, cultivating path of the Taiji Chuan, they will, they will go to practices uh, common also in uh, uh, Qigong. So Taiji Chuan sits in the middle of these two uh, practices, martial art and Qigong, the more you want to sit on one, on one of these two legs and the more you have to change your experience of Taiji Chuan. But I don't think that the Taiji Chuan as a martial art is the upper level of Taiji Chuan. On the other side, I encourage practitioners of Taiji Chuan as a cultivating path to not fail themselves thinking that one day through the soft form they will be able to defend themselves. You know when you learn, oh there was that 80-year-old uh, woman, uh, somebody was trying to rob her and then she, even without being conscious about that, used this Taiji Chuan movement and he de she defended herself. Uh, th this is not true. Don't believe those, this kind of history. Is not, uh, uh, the, the reality doesn't work. Uh, in uh, uh, that way. So, uh, today Taiji Chuan encounter also another, another difficulty which is that uh, Taiji Chuan is a Chinese martial art. Of course uh, we have uh, a very wide Chinese diaspora so in the past in many cities like Boston or New York or San Francisco or Paris uh, or London or Hong Kong or Taipei which are of course the last two uh, Chinese cities uh, or Singapore or Malaysia or Indonesia especially through the Chinese diaspora you had very good Chinese masters teaching so you could access to a high level of quality but except from these cities when I gave you the name when you know there are the, the, the biggest presence of Chinese diaspora it is difficult to find a good quality of the Chinese energetic arts 
and uh, the reasons are uh, mainly three. The first one is that uh, even a good Taiji Chuan master can have difficulties in seeing the realities that I have explained to you uh, today. The history of Taiji Chuan, the difference between the cultivating path and the martial path, uh, these may not be easily perceived even by uh, an experienced practitioner. It's, it's very, very often in these, uh, uh, in these circles uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, fake myths that are uh, passed through masters to students uh, and that uh, will fail to meet the test of uh, reality, many of them, even from very good masters. The second is that uh, if somebody is very good in Taiji Chuan, it doesn't mean that he wants to share with you his knowledge in the first day you meet him. We as Westerners think that we have the right to things. If I go in your class and I pay, I have the right to know everything you know. I am your student, you will be good to me because we have the, at our, in our society the academic system. Okay? You would be paid as a teacher and then is your duty to spread your knowledge to your peers and to your students. This is not how a traditional uh, cultivating path works. So traditionally the experienced masters also for the difficulties of uh, making at work these uh, practices uh, will take time before talking with their students about the upper levels and very often uh, few Western people would go through this process uh, and when they eventually went go through this process they in turn weren't willing to talk in the first year of studies with their student about what they learn in 20 years, of course. So this is a secretive circle and this remains like that, especially because Western people tend to say, okay, if, you're, if you are not like I want you to be, this is another very typical part of us as Westerners, to want things around us and people around us to be the way we think they should. So if you are not like the way I think you should be, I I'll go to another, uh, to the next door. Unfortunately, this is not like a grocery store. The, very often there is not <laughs> a next door, even if outside, uh, like in, in the city, in a, where, where I live now, a city of several million people, an international city. Uh, I think uh, from what I saw on the web at least, uh, there is basically nobody which, is, uh, which knows the proper Qigong and Tai Chi techniques even at the basic level, to be honest. So this is the uh, how rare can uh, uh, something be. Then if, uh, if I would live in New York probably I would meet uh, at least uh, 10, maybe not much more, but 10 very good Tai Chi and Qigong teachers. Uh, 
so this is the second reason and the third reason is that uh, uh, it is like uh, you know when when I was a child there was this uh, uh, game we called it the phone game you say something in the ear of a kid and that kid says the very thing to the ear and another of the other kid and so go on in the circle and at the end the last kid says something very different from what the first kid says if you know what i mean and this is also something that happened in the transmission of tai chi and qigong to be honest if i go on the web on facebook on youtube uh, on the podcasts and i hear talks about taiji and qigong the number of informations that are not true is very very high so it is difficult even when you find somebody that has written on his door tai chi and qigong it is difficult to find uh, uh, a very good uh, tai chi and qigong teacher for example one of the things that uh, i see in the city where i live is uh, that sometimes i see somebody doing both yoga and tai chi and qigong and from this i immediately understand that he is not uh, a good tai chi and qigong teacher because uh, the body and the energetic uh, qualities that you have to build to do a good qigong or tai chi are not the same and in many cases are opposites to the qualities that you need to do the modern yoga that uh, to be honest i do not consider has an internal practice so it is the same you know when michael jordan had to move from basketball to baseball his coach had to work for one year on him telling him your body is very good for basketball but is not good at all for baseball this is the same just to give you an example so i would i would say uh, good tai chi practice for cultivation doesn't necessarily mean good tai chi practice for martial art on the contrary to find the source of tai chi today is very difficult it is not like having a grocery store people if you are if you have it in your city you can be already fortunate but many people don't want to move one miles away from their work home route in order to get the knowledge so you can see it is even more difficult to get uh, the right instructions and uh, it is very difficult to find somebody that has spent enough time in order to get the, the right information in Tai Chi and Qigong. So with this episode, I, I hope I have summarized to you at the end of this historic process where Tai Chi Chuan sits today as an energetic practice and I see as a development what happened to tai chi when he became from a martial art uh, 
even more uh, Chinese energetic and cultivating art. Thank you for listening. I will talk about these topics more in uh, next episodes. Have a good day.